Did you know more than one in seven U.S. adults have kidney disease and many don't know it? This National Kidney Month, find out what causes kidney disease and what you can do to take control of your health. Take a no-cost Kidney Smart class online at www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. That's www.davita.com slash kidneysmart. This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Club to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, kapusta, lumpy, padoe, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. Happy Selection Sunday, everybody. Welcome to the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, a proud part of Bucky's Fifth Quarter, and of course, brought to you by RentCollegePads.com. I am Jake Kokorowski. We got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, Kurt Hogue, also here. We got a big show today, and Kurt, I really hope I got your last name right again, man. I, I'm really trying to you make sure I get that. You did. You, you always get it. I'm oh gosh yeah it's always that late pause it's not, not I got to get it more natural it's a but uh, thank you guys all for uh, listening in uh, it is a fun uh, fun day it's it's it is March this is March as, as Kurt would tweet out from the Bucky's fifth quarter account on Twitter thank you guys for joining us uh, should be a fun show we're gonna break down some Wisconsin Badgers obviously a number seven seed in the East region taking on number ten Pitt. That'll be Friday, the 5.50, tentative uh, p.m. Central Standard Time start, and they'll be in St. Louis, and it is a crazy time, and we got a lot to digest, especially with 68 teams, the four regions, what goes from there, UW-Green Bay, of course, with the Horizon League winning their championship for the conference there. And uh, a lot more to get to, even possibly even talking about why UW-Milwaukee won't even play possibly in the NIT. Maybe we can get to that down a little bit down the road in this hour-long special we have. Thank you guys again for joining us. And let me ask you, you know, and Scotty, you know, uh, from here, it, it's a, it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know, like you've you've had quite a few of these, the March Madness. Uh, how special is this time here? Time, it's big this time of year, obviously, for many reasons. You, the NCAA tournament, uh, clearly the most well-done um, championship in all the sports. You tie that into, um, you know, the ending of the season, usually in the NBA ties in with that as they get ramped up for the playoffs and the start of, of Major League Baseball. It's a great time of the year, but specifically for March Madness in the NCAA tournament, again, a spectacle. They have made it a spectacle. The NCAA did a, a fabulous job. If only they could figure out football as well as they figured out basketball. But it, it's it's a wonderful time of the year. And if you're uh, uh, local or, or in-state basketball fans, this year you have two teams uh, that made it. And we'll obviously talk about Green Bay later. But Wisconsin, obviously the team on everybody's mind, especially, and, and, and Kurt, I'll let you weigh on this too. We talked about this ad nauseum at the beginning of the year where they certainly didn't even look like uh, more than just an NIT team, but they were able to right the ship. Uh, aside from two losses down the stretch, uh, especially that bad loss to Nebraska, they played really, really well. And, and when you look at their seeding, uh, you know, I, I think that you have to think a seven seed, you know, maybe if they don't lose to Nebraska, they're a six, but, but either way, I think they're seeded almost where I, I thought they should be. And, and when you look at where they started the season, uh, you, you can't complain at all. It's exactly right. I remember walking out of out of the the gym in Evanston after the, they lost to Northwestern to drop the one and four, and people were asking me if this was even an NIT team. And yeah, I mean, it was in question. You know, that proved us wrong in many senses. They ride the ship, like you said, and uh, 
Now it's exciting to see them make March for, what is it, the 17th, 18th straight season, make the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only team right now that has a – there's a couple teams that have streaks, like the Michigan State and the Big Ten is the only one that has has had a longer streak. And, and we'll talk more about the, the, the Big Ten schools here as we get into this. But you look at the first-round matchup, and, and I've said that this team, this Badger team – uh, matchup-wise, it, it, it's never really a matter of looking at, at a team and going, yeah, they can't beat this team or they're definitely going to lose to this team. I mean, they've they've beaten some teams that, that you thought uh, they shouldn't have and they've lost to teams that they shouldn't have. So uh, sometimes you roll the dice when you look at, at their matchup and you go, boy, which Badger team is going to show up? But when you look at this first-round matchup for them, they got Pitt, and I still – the, the the big when I think about Pitt Wisconsin I always think of the game where I, I thought where they lost with the Devin Harris led Badger team a, a few years back where um, I, I thought they had a shot to win that game and even advance further but that's the last time they faced Pitt in, a, in an NCAA tournament but I think that that early round that first matchup I think they can win that one and, and move on to to a game that would be uh, a tougher matchup against the Xavier team, who I've gotten to see and play many times this year. But what do you think of that first matchup against the, against the Panthers and Pitt? I think it's a good draw. And when you're talking when you're talking March, a lot of it is is really matchups and you know who who you're playing and whether or not they would be an issue for you as a team. And I think Pitt is they play a style that's very similar to Wisconsin's. They they're slower. They like to look play inside out, uh, defense reliant. So, from that standpoint, I, I think it's it's a good matchup for the Badgers. Um, I I have them winning that one. Not so sure about advancing past Xavier in the next round, but um, looking forward to to the post matchup against Pitt. Now you'll have the Badgers' Ethan Happ going up against Michael Young, the six nine uh, forward for Pitt. Forward for Pitt. Probably the best player. Probably the best player. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think that's a matchup that that's going to garner a lot of uh, a lot of looks, and then of course, you know the the other the other matchup that people are going to talk about, or, or just not even necessarily a matchup, but individual performance wise, is they're going to 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 look at Nigel Hayes and say, okay, here's a seasoned tournament veteran. You know, he was the guy at the beginning of the of the year that was supposed to kind of bridge that gap after you know graduating Kaminsky and losing Decker, but. Um, He's the guy who's got you know the the pelts on the wall, so to speak. He he's been in big games before, and and he's going to be looked to uh, by this team and by the opponents that Wisconsin plays as the guy that's going to try to carry some of the the load when it comes to leadership. Yeah, there's a there's a press conference today after they announced the seating, and they had uh, Hayes and Canning up there, and rightfully so, because those are these two guys that have played significant minutes. During the Badgers' last two tournament runs, I mean, Showalter's gotten some run over here and there, but it, for the most part, it's been Nigel Hayes starting last year, and then Bronson Koenig also starting last year at the end of the year, and then he had a you know big half in, against Kentucky and the loss two years ago in the Final Four. But um, it's the experience that those guys have is going to be going to be big, and it's not just going to be that though. They're going to need the Badgers are going to need a strong performance out of not just one of those guys, but both of those guys. I mean, maybe maybe just one of them will be able to carry them past the pit, but if they're going to beat anyone after that, they're going to need both those guys to be playing well. So it, more of a uh, uh, preview of, of the tournament, but uh, also a, a kind of postscript to the regular season. You know, you talked about Hap, you talked about some of the other things that go wrong, but if they don't get past the first round, if they, they lose to Pitt, What's the reason? What's the biggest concern you have for this team advancing beyond uh, this first game on Friday? I think you have to look at offensive efficiency. Jump shots not falling will just be a bit. That'll just crush this team. They're not. They're not really a team that can unless they're getting to the line with significant consistency, and the other opponent is not. They're they're going to need. They're not a jump shot reliant team, but they're going to take them. And if they shoot like they did against Nebraska, where they hit, what, four threes as a team, it's going to be a rough night for those guys. So I think if uh, Koenig and Showalter and Hayes aren't hitting their, their shots from the perimeter all night, they're going to have a mountain to climb in order to beat Pitt. 
You know, I was looking at the brackets, and and we'll we'll talk more about Wisconsin, and we're going to have some audio. I know uh, we're working on that right now, but I was looking at the brackets specifically about Big Ten schools, and we'll go through the regions later on in, in this podcast. But when you look at uh, where the draws that some of the Big Ten schools got, I mean, first Michigan. Uh, let's start with them because they've got the play-in game, and uh, is they uh, so clearly their win against Indiana just was barely enough to get them in. Um, but they they squeak in and and they get a chance to 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 play for uh, for a chance to play the next day. Yeah, uh, that looked like I mean the Cam Chapman shot might have legitimately been a season saver for them in terms of where they that win might have pushed them over. I mean they're playing. I think they got a good draw in Tulsa, who probably shouldn't be in this tournament, but that's a story for another day. So I think that I think that's a win for them. So they go on to play Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not sure if that's Thursday or Friday, probably Thursday. But uh, and Michigan's a team that could hang with Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame, we've seen them up and we've seen them down, kind of very similar to Wisconsin in that sense. And uh, I mean, that's that could be an offensive slugfest. Notre Dame doesn't really play defense, and Michigan has a bunch of shooters, and Notre Dame has a great offense as well. Now, you're staying in that bracket, another team from the Big Ten, Indiana. They draw Chattanooga. Looks like a very interesting second-round matchup. Uh, it looks like a collision course with Kentucky, uh, two uh, premier programs within you know driving distance of each other in a second-round matchup. But Indiana, when you look at them, does this team give you the feel that they can compete for a national title? Do they look like a, a Sweet 16 team or a team that uh, – might have a hard time getting past Kentucky because, again, there was like four or five teams, I think, in the Big Ten that I think could get to the Final Four or could lose in the second round. But specifically Indiana, your thoughts on them and their draw? Uh, I mean, it's uh, like we were talking about earlier. We we said that it's the, the draw is so important. For example, I mean, if they had been maybe in another region or had been a six seed, maybe even that played a – week or three or a, a three that they had a better chance of beating, that would have voted better for them. But, I mean, here you you have a team that won the Big Ten regular season title and they lost three games in, uh, I think, the third toughest conference this season. And now they get Kentucky in the second round, presuming both teams win. Uh, I don't even think it's a guarantee that Indiana beats Chattanooga, two teams that like to push the ball. And uh, we've seen Indiana struggle in March before under Tom Crean. And if they, but even if they did beat Kentucky and Chattanooga, then oh look, they've got North Carolina looming in the Sweet 16. So their Final Four chances, you'd have to assume are pretty low because they'd have to beat Kentucky, North Carolina, and then whichever team comes from the bottom half of that bracket, which is in and of itself its own crapshoot. Now, uh, Michigan State's a team we'll talk about later. Specifically, I don't want to bury the lead, but I've I got them winning the, the whole the whole shooting match, so to speak. So, <laughs> uh, so we can talk about that in a second. But the other team, you look at uh, the other two teams, and we could cover them both at the same time: Purdue and Iowa. Because Purdue, even if they're able to get by a second round matchup with Iowa State, has a, a nightmare matchup in Virginia. And you know what what Bennett likes to do there and slow everybody down. And in Iowa could have a second-round matchup with Villanova, uh, which could be tough matchups. Again, it wouldn't shock me. Nothing ever shocks me in the NCAA tournament, but it wouldn't shock me to see Iowa beat Villanova or even Purdue squeak by Virginia. But uh, the the, the early odds are that that they have tough draws and it would be hard for them to advance. Yeah, I I like Iowa's draw. They get Temple out of 10, another team that you could argue is a little overseeded. A lot of people didn't have them in the tournament. So that's a good draw for them, even though Iowa has not played well for the last month and a half or so. And then Villanova is a team that they match up well with. Iowa's length, and but they're going to need a lot more contributions out of guys besides Utah and Jock. It's just killed them in the second half of the conference season or so, where that's the only two guys that are contributing. Um And if they get past that game, I mean, we've seen Iowa have the potential to play great. It's a matter of will they be able to return to the form that we saw when they were a top five team. And mentioned Purdue, right? 
Yes, yes. Purdue is the other yeah. one. Iowa State, and then after, if they get by Iowa State in around the 32, then they'd have a Sweet 16 matchup, likely against Virginia. Of course, mm-hmm. now that we said that, Virginia would probably lose to Butler, and it would throw every yeah, right. conversation mood. But yep. if things play out the way we think, that's a tough matchup for anybody. It, that really is. I think they're a team that, that could play with Virginia. I mean, Virginia's a very perimeter wing-oriented team. Guys like Brogdon and Gill and, and London Prant is more of a he's point guard, but Purdue is obviously a forward-oriented team, and they could just dominate that game with Swanigan and down low with Swanigan and Hammonds uh, and Isaac Haas as well. So I think that would be quite the intriguing matchup, Matt Painter against Bennett. Um, poor Tony Bennett, he just cannot he just cannot get Tom Izzo out of his way. Like the third straight year, they're a top two seed, and he just cannot avoid the he can't avoid Izzo. And uh, well, I'm sorry, Jake. I, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to kind of bring you back in here. I know you were getting our audio ready, and I'll let you obviously take control and weigh in on the Badgers, unless you have something to follow. We're just kind of going through. We went through the Badger matchup. We talked about the big other Big Ten schools, except Michigan State, which I'm kind of saving because uh, I've already kind of tipped my hand, and I am picking Michigan State to win the whole thing this year. But uh, we didn't get your take on the draw, Jake, and, and your thoughts on, on on this first matchup with Pitt, and then potentially uh, the uh, a second round matchup against Xavier. I, I like the I, I like what what the Badgers have. He was a seven seed that lost to Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament, which Kurt was there. And uh, kudos for you, by the way, Kurt, for heading down to Indy. Hopefully, you actually had a chance to enjoy the experience uh, more than anything, my friend. But uh, it was, uh, you know, it uh, it was a disappointing loss, and obviously it was a step back. But from what it sounded like, from my, at least from the audio that I was uh, doing as a part-time producer of the program, it sounds like they're trying to put that loss, be, <laughs> loss behind them and not really, you know, dwell on that. Uh, and the big thing is, they, they, as Kurt alluded to earlier, you can't have them, lose, you know, like be cold from the field like they have, you know, that they, they were against Nebraska. Uh, it's going to be an intriguing matchup to see how Hap responds to it. It's Michael Young, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, yes. Yeah, and so, and so that'll be an intriguing matchup. I just think... Uh, obviously, the shooting is what really hurt Wisconsin against Nebraska. Uh, they have to stay hot there. Xavier, I mean, it's an interesting draw there. I'm not too, I would say, well-versed. I, I would defer, obviously, to yours and uh, also Kurt's opinion on that uh, on that matchup. But, I, you know, the way that Wisconsin played, 11, what, 11, 11 of the last 14 games, uh, and the fact they're on the streak and, and they could beat, what, three or four top ten teams, in that span, I you know you can't discard Wisconsin in, in any chance on this. I think they could be they could beat Xavier, but I also uh, know that they could lose to Nebraska. They could you know and, and you know if they revert back to way what they look like in mid December, like they get did against the Huskers, like you know they lost to UW Milwaukee too. Which I'm not saying the Panthers were that bad of a season. You know they had a decent year in the Horizon League. Were probably. Um, NIT bound, if it wasn't for a simple fact uh, of their AD and, and the athletic department deciding to, to put the, the kibosh on that. But uh, I think this team has a lot of talent. I think they they have the ability to, to go decently deep. I don't know how far, and especially with the inexperience uh, with them playing in the tournament, tournament and maybe only having Nigel and and Bronson Koenig having that, that experience, that real game-time experience, Heading into the tournament, we'll see what the, what the jitters hold and in, in experience. But you know, I think Guard will have them prepared. You know, Jake, I, I think it is interesting. You know, one of the things that I find interesting every year is when you look at the overall brackets and when you look at the quote unquote legacy teams or the the top five. And we talk about top five programs: North Carolina, Duke, Indiana, Kentucky, Kansas. Right. Those are the five, everybody. And UCLA, you could probably throw in who didn't make the tournament this year. But to have three of those teams in the top half of one of the eastern bracket in Carolina, Indiana, and Kentucky. So you want to talk about it, if there's going to be games that get national play, it's clearly going to be if, a, if there's a Kentucky-Indiana matchup and then a Kentucky or Indiana versus North Carolina matchup. Those are obviously going to be 
the games that when CBS and, and their family and networks picks through the games they want to show to a national audience, I have a feeling you're going to see those teams uh, featured if they advance uh, to the point where we think they're going to. But it's kind of interesting how some of the brackets always break down, Jake, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how these brackets, I mean, brackets line up. Uh, we're just looking at an article on, on SBNation.com uh, that they had to some of the potential matchups, uh, Texas, Texas A&M. Uh, you look at Michigan, uh, if they do win, I encourage alluded to earlier going up against Notre Dame. Now, these are obviously more, I would say, football rivalries, but that's interesting on those two points. But then also Indiana and Kentucky uh, as mm-hmm. well shaping up in that. It's, you know, the committee doesn't, uh, I mean, there's a purpose. You know, obviously they have their official rankings, which came out, which Wisconsin was number 25. Uh, as a quick note, that was above Iowa, which free-falled uh, violently. Uh, towards the end of the year, down at number 27, and we here at Bucky's fifth quarter made sure that we let people know about that. But you also uh-huh. have that uh, you also have that ability where this you know there's some really intriguing matchups, and I I'm surprised they didn't go Oregon Wisconsin round three. You know I mean you have to complete the trilogy on that, and, and they did not do so. So but I did see I did see a bracketology that had that before the loss to Nebraska. Um, it had them yep, yep. sick in, in Oregon. That region that. too. Mm-hmm. So that could have been interesting. Indeed. Uh, you know, did, did you guys get to the part we're talking about Xavier in that second round matchup? And, and you know, possibly I don't know if it. I mean, obviously, it, Xavier has Weber State to get through, but. Let me ask, I mean, did you guys talk about the matchup possibly if they can get past Pitt to get to the second round? Uh, yeah. What the matchups would be there? Yeah, we, we, did, we, yeah, did. we did. We did talk too much about Xavier, a little bit, but. Yeah, a little bit. And, and, and I'll let you guys, defer, uh, Kurt especially, talk about that game. Because I know we talk about Pitt, and you got to get by Pitt first. And if, you know, but I, I think they can win that game. But Xavier, the team, like I said, I've seen them play a few times, and you can, you know, give me your opinion on them. They look very good for. Uh, usually for 35 minutes of a game, and they always have like a five-minute lull where they let teams back in, and they're able to close the door. But uh, they're a team that when they play, when they play uh, to their abilities and they don't have that, that, little, that lapse in the middle of the games, they can beat anybody. I think they're a team that, you know, as weird as it sounds, because it's Xavier, and Xavier's always been kind of on the cusp of being an elite team, but they've always been very good. I really think Xavier could be a Final Four team this year, um, but your thoughts, Kurt, on, on that team and that matchup and what to watch for, um, that would be a Sunday game if, if the, the Badgers are able to get by Pitt. That, that, I mean, that that would be a good game. I mean, I believe Xavier knocked the Badgers out a few years back, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. in a second-round game. I think I was in middle of high school for that. So um, way back in the Kenny Freese days, uh, Xavier's got a lot of guys that can that can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, one thing that they've been decent at is limiting opponents' three-point attempts, which is kind of what the Badgers do to teams. They just don't let you take threes. Um, side note: Pitt, Pitt is they just allow teams to shoot tons of threes. So if the Badgers are shooting, they might win that game by ten, but or more. But yeah, it was it was Xavier. <laughs> There's a couple of very interesting matchups down low. I mean, they'll, they got guys like Jalen Reynolds down there, uh, James Farr, uh, Sean O'Meara doesn't really play much, but they have they have the bodies to bang with the Badgers, but then it's on the perimeter that they can really beat you. Um, Miles Davis, Remy Abel, uh, Edmund Sumner, guys like that. Um, Trayvon Blewett can shoot it, so a lot of different threats, and the Badgers would... Greg Gard was talking today about how the Badgers really haven't played a complete game yet, and it would probably take their first complete game to knock off Xavier. Now, Jake, I want to get everybody... Eventually, we want to get everybody's Final Four projection. We want to run down uh, the brackets. We want to talk about Green Bay, and we want to talk about sleepers, but how do we... I know we've got audio we want to play... Um, uh, again, I'll let you drive, but there's there's still a few more things we, we can talk about either before or after audio because, again, this is such a great time of the year that uh, it, as, as I keep, my, my brain keeps unlocking more and more things as I go through my matchup. 
going, oh, holy cow, wait, this could be a matchup too. And this, could, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of, that's what I love about this time of the year. And that's why doing brackets sometimes is, takes more than just five minutes. It ends up being like a three hour process for me. But, um, so yeah. Jake, where, where, where should we go here? Yeah. Hey, let's take, let's take one quick break to, to decompress a little bit. We've talked a lot. Let's, let's listen to some audio Kurt had from the Badgers press conference just earlier this evening. Uh, we have about, about a good 16 minute, chunk that we have actually 18 minutes of, of, of uh, delightful footage so uh, so what we'll do now is uh, I'll uh, flip it over to the beginning of the press conference and it's about four minutes or so and what we'll do from there is come back uh, break down more here on Bucky's fifth quarters uh, yeah, NCAA selection Sunday show and uh, break down more of course this is the Kilbasa King sports extravaganza brought to you by rent college pads We are joined by Coach Barr, Johnson Koenig, and Nigel Hayes. The basketball team are in the number seven seed in the NCAA tournament. We play number 10 seed Pitt on Friday, March 18th in St. Louis, and Coach will have some open comments. Well, first of all, um, I haven't had a chance to see these guys all as a group uh, when they were in front of the camera upstairs with CBS and uh, or stuffing their faces with pizza and cheeseburgers upstairs. But congratulations to our players. Uh, very proud of what they've accomplished. Uh, for mm-hmm. If you would have reflected back to January 15th, I'm not sure we would have uh, all said that this day was going to be possible or attainable. But for how far they've come in the past two months is an extreme credit to them. Uh, how they've grown together, as you've heard me talk about several times. So for the program to be able to make an 18th consecutive uh, appearance in this tournament and for these guys. I don't know if there's another team in this field of the 68 that's had a more turbulent ride since we had a very turbulent ride back from Indianapolis on Friday. Uh, there's a little rocky of a plane ride. You know, this, this group has overcome a lot and uh, very proud of them and excited to keep on playing. Take questions for our coach or either of the players. We have just one number. <coughs> So the next one right here. John. Uh, for Coach, I know a lot of people glad you in, but nothing's guaranteed unless you get that automatic fit. Was there any anxiety uh, before your name was announced? No. I, I thought we had we had uh, done enough in terms of what we've done in the league play and who we had played in the non-conference, and our strength of schedule was extremely high, and that we had finished very well. And obviously, you know, as much as you try not to dwell uh, you know, I've never made too big a deal of the, the wins that we've had, and I've, I've talked about that, trying to stay very even-keeled, and I'm also not going to make too big a deal of any bumps that we take. So I wasn't going to overreact too much on, on Thursday's game, just like I don't overreact or underreact on any other, you know, our wins at Maryland or Iowa or here, the ones we've had here at the Cole Center. So I've tried to every, keep everything in perspective and uh, trusted that we had done enough and these guys had done enough to put themselves in good position. Obviously, seating was going to be something that was going to fluctuate. Um, you know, sometimes you move based on where they're going to send you. Uh, sometimes you're locked into a position. I think what happened in other conference tournaments maybe affected it to some extent. Uh, but obviously, to have a, set, a seventh seed and then playing against a very good team, uh, a team that you know, plays a lot like we play in terms of blue-collar and tough and man-to-man and really come after you uh, and what Coach Dixon teams uh, are like over the years. Uh, that'll be a huge challenge for us on Friday. Okay. This is for a Coach and either or both of the players if they carry answer. Obviously last year Coach had expectations were really high going into the tournament. How are they different this year? Obviously from outside the program they might be a little different. How are they different inside the locker room inside the team? I don't think they're any different. I think you always expect and prepare to have success and you take that as far as you can possibly take it. So uh, we never try to compare one year to year. Every year is in itself, is, is in and of, of itself, and uh, we just try to do the best in the position we're in. This group has created their own identity. Said it. Um, so our expectations are to prepare really well this week and, and play well on Friday. On the difference um, 
last year we wanted to win the uh, national championship and we believe we could. This year we want to win the national championship and we believe we can. The only difference is people like you thought last year we could and this year you don't. So other than that, we care less. Um, pardon me, we couldn't care less. Um, again, it's always been we're worried about us and what we're doing in the tournament. We've got to take it one game at a time and you know, believe in ourselves and we play as hard as we can. Good things usually happen. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Brent College Pads. And it's been a, um, you know, it's a crazy time. You just heard from Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard, some of the players uh, talking about it. It's been really, uh, you know, just talking about their journey and then uh, getting to. Uh, the simple fact of uh, getting to play in the round of 68 now, still weird to say. But uh, first, before we go any further, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Rent College Pads, for their support of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, which is a proud part of Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Finding off-campus housing has always been a chore until now. Browse tons of properties on Rent College Pads today. They have all the best apartments and houses around campus and in Madison. Find your next place on Rent College Pads today. And, uh, you know, Kurt, I don't know if you need any, uh, if, if you're looking for a new apartments or anything going forward, but uh, you may need to since you're still uh, a fine student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. But uh, just uh, a quick shout-out there. Yeah, always, always got to be looking for something in Madison. Always. <laughs> and with that, uh, you know, heading into the, you know, this tournament, and, and Scotty, I'm going to let you direct this part because uh, you, 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 I'm going to call you the mad scientist for today's show. Uh, talk to us about I'll let you drive this. Talk what, what's going through your head with some of these matchups. Okay, yeah, we'll talk some matchups, and then we'll get everybody's picks here. And then I want to talk later on about Marquette UWM specifically. Uh, or Milwaukee, I'm sorry. I'll always call it UWM as an alum there. But um, let's look at some of the, the matchups and let's look at the brackets because um, we've we've already talked about the East, and, and I guess I want to get everybody's pick on it. Now, I, I hate to – you know, this year seems so wide open with so many teams that have uh, uh, multiple double-digit loss teams, yet I seem to be leaning towards top higher seeds through most of this thing. Um, that being said, when you look at the East, I mean, I really like North Carolina, but I can also figure out reasons why I don't think North Carolina is able to get it done, and maybe a West Virginia comes up and, and sneaks in and gets the Final Four. But I'm going North Carolina, West Virginia, after North Carolina is able to get by Indiana. But, uh, guys, what do you think? I mean, you look at that, that team, we talked uh, that bracket, we talked about the legacy programs, Carolina, Indiana, Kentucky. And then some of the teams at the bottom, like a Xavier team that, that always seems to be a tough matchup in West Virginia and Notre Dame. But what intrigued you guys about the East, and who do you see coming out? Kurt, I'll let you go first, buddy. Uh, we're looking at the East. Oh, boy. Um, which region? Hold on, I'm trying to pull up my bracket here. <laughs> uh, that's we got. Um, I I got Kentucky coming out of that one. Just wow. On on gut. Um, I just think that they'll be playing North Carolina, and that that was that game was really a toss up for me, and that was kind of my anti chalk pick, I guess. <laughs> well, and to think that Kentucky is the quote unquote underdog is is it kind of makes you chuckle to begin with being a four seed, but they're they're certainly peaking at the right time. Uh, you know, they they had a little bit of a struggle at, at one point where they actually dropped out of the top 25 and people in Lexington had to be talked off the ledge. But they're certainly playing well when they need to. And when you look at their draw, they certainly, I mean, I, I could certainly see them beating North Carolina and Indiana. And, and, and they certainly don't have, to me, the draw that seems like the toughest. And, and Jake, they're playing really good basketball right now. Who do you like? Kentucky, Indiana, North Carolina, Wisconsin? I, I wouldn't be surprised if you picked the Badgers for the Final Four. Uh, what, what, what? Your thoughts on on that on that region? It's a, it's cured for yeah. I mean, Scott Scott always thinks that I have the uh, more of the, uh, how would I put it the 
kind of the the homerism, which I mean, obviously, use this Wisconsin team. Uh, it's I I don't think that they'll. I think they can beat Xavier, but I don't know. I really don't know if they will. I I would have to say out of this region, you're looking at, and part of me also is rooting for Florida Gulf Coast University. I'm from the Fort Myers area, and for you guys who don't know, Dunk City is in Estero. Is it's that that the university is based just maybe 20 30 minutes south southeast of where I used to live as a, as a teenager. So there's a part of me that's that's there because I have a lot of friends that actually went to Florida Gulf Coast, but. I will say, uh, ah, gosh, that's, you know, it's, it's a tough one, but uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll stick with North Carolina. I, for some odd reason, I think that I, you got to go with with the Tar Heels, and I don't, I don't know how smart this pick is, but yeah, I also see Wisconsin get. I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll beat Pitt, and they'll, they'll, they'll make it tough on Xavier. I just don't know how. I just don't know if they can keep up the momentum. Uh, and, and especially with in tournament time, uh, what'll happen? But uh, I'll go. I'll go North Carolina. What about you, Scotty? Well, I, I took North Carolina, but I might. This might shock you a little bit. Um, I actually have the Badgers beating Xavier, and I was leaning towards them beating West Virginia. But then I had at the end, I took West Virginia, and then I have Carolina knocking out West Virginia. So I got North Carolina going to the Final Four, but. Again, this Wisconsin team, it wouldn't surprise me to see them get there. It also wouldn't surprise me to see them lose the pit. So, you know what I mean? So I had to kind of balance. Like, it was more than any of the other teams in the tournament. This was more of a gut feel sometimes than it was anything that was tangible just because of, of you know, the way that the Badgers play. But I like some of their matchups outside. Xavier doesn't necessarily defend the, the perimeter very well. So they've got a shooter's chance to be Xavier. But I took North Carolina in the east. Let's uh, Let's – Stay on that half of everything, and let's let's move down to the Midwest. And I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll, I've already said it, so I'm not gonna pretend to not know what I'm what I'm thinking. I got Michigan State beating Virginia in the finals of that region and get to the Final Four in what could be a very interesting uh, Elite Eight game. But there's some other great matchups there. And Kurt, you look at you know uh, uh, Purdue. We talked about a little bit already. Seeing Hall Gonzaga, Gonzaga team that looked like they weren't getting in, and then they get the automatic bid, and Seton Hall winning their conference tournament, although I thought they might have gotten in even without that. But that's an interesting matchup. Utah, a team that we don't get to see enough, but is a really good team. And and, and Michigan State down there, and Dayton, who could surprise you. If Michigan State doesn't get there, it could be because Dayton knocked them off. Uh, that said, I took Michigan State over Virginia. Your thoughts on, on some of the matchups, and who do you like in that region? I start off saying I also like Michigan State. I think that's something I decided a couple weeks ago that I was just going to roll with uh, roll with Sparty there. Um, a couple teams that are playing really well that have to run into really good teams are Purdue and Seton Hall. Seton Hall won the Big East tournament, and they're looking good. As they're a six seed in there, and then they'll probably play. I mean, they got a tough matchup in Gonzaga in that first round with those forwards. Um, so I. I do like Seton Hall to make the Sweet 16 there, and also Purdue to get to the Sweet 16 after beating Little Rock and then either Iowa State or Iona. Um, and I think we talked about it a little earlier, so I don't need to rehash the point. They have a good chance against Virginia. And just with their bigs there and what they can do, I just don't think their guards are going to be able to score enough to keep up with Virginia's offensive ability. And then once again, the Elite Eight, Tom Izzo has Tony Bennett's number, and it's it's tough to bet against, bet against Izzo in March. So I'll take Michigan State there. I'll go Michigan State to round out uh, the sweep, if you will, for the Bucky's fifth quarter tournament predictions. On that note, I you looked at the Valentine Izzo. I, they just have it going, and I. You feel bad for Tony Bennett, obviously. I would have loved to see a Final Four where it was Virginia and Wisconsin, uh, and and I still I may I may put Wisconsin in the Final Four just for comedic purposes on my end uh, to see if it actually does come true because I would love to see the Tony Bennett Greg Gard match up there. But I think Michigan State's just too good. I think they have that ability to I I not to spoilers, but I have them going very far in the tournament, if you will. Uh, Sparty all the way in the Midwest region. Let's talk a little bit about the West. 
a region because this is a weird region for me when I did my break, breakdowns because there's a a mix of form of current and former Big Twelve teams uh, in the bottom of the bracket with Oklahoma. Te- I see a Texas Texas A and M matchup. Then I see a Texas Oklahoma matchup, and then I even have Baylor upsetting Oregon and Oklahoma and Baylor playing for the championship in that region. So you could see the connection, the old Big 12, you know, throwing Texas A&M, who's now an SEC team, obviously. Uh, I got I got Oklahoma. Again, Oregon, Duke, teams that, that certainly have, a, have a, a great shot and wouldn't surprise me to see them get there. That's also the same region that UW-Green Bay is in. So, so, Kurt, talk about this region a little bit. Maybe talk a little bit about UW-Green Bay, a tough matchup with Texas A&M. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on who you like coming out of there and some of the matchups that you think could be could be interesting, and if Green Bay has a shot at all of getting out of the first round. Yeah, as the resident Green Bay expert, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I watched them play <laughs> against the Badgers, and then I watched I watched all their tournament games though, so I did see them play, and they 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 press you, they push the ball, they want to get as many possessions as possible, um, and I I think that they could just out of all the three fourteen matchups, they have one of the best chances there. Stephen F. Austin's also a really good one of a good chance, of, a decent chance of winning relatively. Um, I think it would it would take a lot for them to be able to compete with just all that Texas a and has. Um, so I'd give them a ten percent chance to win that one, ten to fifteen. So take that for what you will. Elsewhere in that region, I have Oklahoma. Uh, just Taking it, taking that region. Um, I like Oregon, but I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm just not quite sold. I have them playing Duke in the Sweet 16, um, and I have Duke winning that game. Um, even though Oregon's size could create some problems there, but um, then Oklahoma, Buddy Heald going to the final, going to the final four. Even though I, I might, this is the region I'm going to need to reconsider a little bit. There's a lot that I'm not too comfortable with. Like I might just by the end of the night, Oregon might be in my final four. I don't know. I'll say UW Green Bay. No, I'm not gonna go UW Green Bay. Uh, I, that'd be uh, amazing. But I will say I'll go Oregon right now. I think I think they'll they'll have that ability to to make it. I was surprised, like I said earlier, I was surprised that Wisconsin did, didn't get matched up in the West region due due to this uh, due to the uh, the history and just the way things were being set up with in terms of, but I know you guys also mentioned bracketology. Also, if they didn't lose to Nebraska, they'd probably be in this region. Uh, but I'll say Oregon. Uh, I like Oklahoma in here too, but I'll, I, I'll, I'll go with the Ducks on this one, advancing all the way to Houston. And, and you know, and to Kurt's point, I feel the same way. There are a couple things I may may change as we get through this because, again, uh, and thankfully we have till Thursday. So we don't have to, you know, we don't have to have anything locked in stone or anything like that. But because you're right, you're going to, I mean, I've already kind of looked at some of these matchups and thought in my head, hmm, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm not right about this one. Or maybe I don't feel this way about this one. So, um, so you're right. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the last bracket out there now, the, uh, the only one we haven't talked about yet. And uh, uh, when you look at the south bracket, Kansas, the number one seed, and and uh, you got Kansas and Villanova, the top two seeds, but you also have an Arizona team and a Miami of Florida team. That as much as Miami of Florida can fly under under the radar, they have flight under the radar or flown under the radar. Uh, they're three seed, but you don't hear people talk about them when people say, "Oh yeah, this is a team that can win a national title." That said, I still have a, a I have Villanova beating Kansas in the finals. So, Kurt, your thoughts, first of all, talk about this bracket. And then we didn't really touch on Maryland when we went through all the Big Ten schools. And I think the reason I didn't was because I just feel like Maryland has played themselves. Before that second Wisconsin game, I thought Maryland was a national title contender. And they certainly haven't looked like that, anything close to that now, and they fell all the way down to a five seed. So the South bracket specifically and your thoughts on Maryland as well. Yeah, I mean Maryland was what ranked they ranked first in a couple of uh ranked first in a couple of preseason polls and that just never worked out for them. Um they've got the potential there and they just don't ever 
it seems like they haven't ever put it together, put the pieces together. Um, I like them to make the Sweet 16, but then when you got Kansas, who's playing obviously the number one team in the nation right now, uh, they are the Jayhawks, so it's going to be tough for them. I mean, Sweet 16 is good, but when that team preseason, what they had, they were looking for the national title. I'm going to see with this one. I, let's see. I, I'll have to. I got a good friend. I guess I'm definitely more of the football guy than the basketball guy, but just based off of. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I, th- I think Kansas makes it. I'm looking at just the matchups. I think uh, in terms of I think Maryland will get to the Sweet 16 and. Uh, I think they have a. I think Mar- that Maryland could pose a, ch- a challenge, in my opinion, with Kansas. Just uh, if, if if Maryland can get hot again, if, if Melo Tremble acts the way he is uh, that he can, you look at a team that uh, is very just impressive. And, and obviously, Kurt has seen it firsthand. I you know I've had a chance to watch it. Uh, I like Maryland if they can peak and they can get going. Uh, you know, but I also, in, 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 despite the jokes about Iowa, you know, if they could just get there, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just, I like Iowa. I want to like Iowa, which sounds weird, but you know, I, I would have to say right this. I'll, I'll go rock chalk, rock chalk, Jayhawk on that. Uh, I think Kansas makes its way, uh, you know, as the winner out of the South region. You know, I was trying to find a team that I thought could be a sleeper Sweet 16 team. You know, because every year there's one. Um, and I looked at, I considered VCU and I considered Gonzaga, which seems weird that we're talking about them as the underdog, but they are an 11 seed this year. You know, in any other year, them going to the Sweet 16 would be expected, not necessarily a surprise. Um, so I, but I, I searched long and hard, and again, I could change my mind, guys. But right now, my Sweet 16 surprise you ready for it, Jake? You ready? Yeah. Hawaii, Hawaii is my Sweet Ooh. 16 surprise beating is. Cal and beating Maryland. Yeah, so that's that's, that's the that's, team. That's a good one. That, uh, you guys got anybody that you look at when you look at the bracket that you think could be uh, somebody we're talking about next week as the surprise team or the Cinderella? Um, I've got a lot of chalk on my bracket. I've got some first-round upsets, but I think the lowest seed I have in the Sweet 16, I have a bunch of six seeds. i got Arizona, uh, Texas, and Seton Hall. So, some six seeds there. Yeah, I'll, I, you know, I know I'm on the fence about it. I'll go Wisconsin over Xavier. I think maybe they'll be a sleeper Sweet 16. I think, I know that you picked them too, Scotty. Mm-hmm. I, the team can get it right. I, I, you know, you saw what they did towards that latter part of the Big Ten conference season. As long as they don't revert back to what they did against Nebraska and then the the non-conference season, I, I think they can contend well and they can make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, I'll also, you know, Hawaii is a good pick, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anyone else really that that really pops out. I know there's a lot of you know they talked about a lot of parity this year, but. Uh, yeah, yes, but that's what I was saying. A lot of parity, yet we're seeming to go chalk on most of these brackets more so than any other year. Because I, I, mean, I don't know it's just a, maybe it's just the way the brackets are set up this year. But um, let's turn the tables a little bit. I want to get everybody's predictions for the final uh, final four. Obviously, re- we'll recap our final four and international champion in a minute. But let's quickly talk about the NIT because that's been announced. And I'll just, I'm not going to run down the bracket. I'll run down some of the, the number one seeds, though. St. Bonaventures is the number one seed. Uh, Valpo, South Carolina, which is a bubble team, and Monmouth. Those are your number ones. Ohio State is a team that made it. Florida made it. Um, you, you know, looking at some of the other teams, uh, Georgia Tech is a team. St. Mary's is a two seed. Georgia, Florida State. So, so you know, some teams that, that we've heard of, some teams that have been powerhouses in the past. Marquette, not one of them. Marquette yep. did not make the NIT. Uh, Marquette and LSU, not in the NIT. So the two freshmen uh, that everybody's been lauding, Ben Simmons and, and Henry Ellenson, will not be playing in the NIT. Now, now LSU's not playing any postseason. Neither is Marquette, uh, we're find by out. the way. Marquette just, announced, uh, they just announced a little bit ago at 8.53, so just about a little over 20, 20 minutes ago. Uh, or actually, yeah, yeah, almost a half hour ago, they won't participate in any postseason tournaments according to their Twitter. Well, that's terrible because, again, 
the CBI isn't much. The Vegas 16 is silly, but it, but it's still a chance for a young. Let me get your take on this, guys. Okay, Marquette's a young team. Allenson might be a might, this might be one and done, but there's some other freshmen on that team. Why would you not give them a chance? And we'll talk, and we'll roll this into the the Milwaukee Panther discussion too as well. But why would you not give these guys a chance to get some extra basketball? I understand that it costs money to go to these tournaments, but if Mar- I, I don't think Marquette's hurt for money financially uh, to make a trip, especially if they went to the Vegas 16 and they just sent the team out to Vegas for for four days. Um, I, I guess I don't understand, and maybe you guys can help me understand the logic behind Marquette deciding that they weren't going to give their freshmen more basketball. Kurt, I'll let you. I know you got to get going in just a second, my friend. I'll let you answer this one. I mean, it's hard to get into the mindset there. I mean, it, I think postseason play really could have helped that young team. I mean, you mentioned all the freshmen there, so. Um, yeah, I just feel like the freshmen could use that experience, I guess, yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree, too. I now, to be mindful of your, of your time, Kurt, I, I just want to get into the Milwaukee stuff with Jake. If you've got to go... Um, we'd be we can we just want to get your pick because we're going to hold you to it for the national championship. So, um. well, let's, 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 let's do the pick real quick, and we'll we'll get back to Milwaukee then. That way yeah, we can get yeah. Let's on that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll let you go oh, first. Well, who, who's winning right, this um, thing? Uh, I've got Michigan State beating Kansas right now, and okay. I just that's just a gut call. Michigan State's playing well, Kansas playing well, and that would be a heck of a final. Okay, I got. I'll go next. I got Michigan State over Oklahoma. I was tossing back and forth between Oklahoma and Villanova, and I could still mm. change it, but it, I still think Michigan wins whoever it is, whether it's Oklahoma or Villanova. But I like Michigan State as well, Jake. I'll I'll go Kurt's thing. Uh, Michigan State over Kansas. I think there Michigan State's just playing a uh, good level, and I I I really feel that they have that ability to uh, to win it all, and. We'll see, obviously, how it all plays out. But, yeah, I think uh, Big Ten uh, represents again this year. All right. Hey, you're listening to Sparty's fifth quarter here. (laughs) 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 But, but, I mean, right now the eye test tells me they're they're playing the best basketball and they're the team that I I think takes it. All right, Jake, sorry. Now now that we've got that out of the way, back to – uh, the postseason, we talked about Marquette. Milwaukee, another interesting situation. Uh, probably weren't going to be an NIT team, but had a chance to play some other postseason. Now, there's some internal strife going on, too, I'm hearing now about Rob Jeter and the fact that he may be fired uh, relatively soon. Again, I still don't know why. Here's a, here's why I'm upset about Milwaukee not going to the postseason. I'm not accepting postseason bid. They took a probation last year for things that those kids, it wasn't their fault, it was from pre- preceding teams. They took the probation. They didn't play any postseason. Those kids all stayed. Those kids all came back. They now have the highest grade point in the conference. Okay, So they made amends for what they were on probation for. They played very well at times. They, they certainly are deserving of playing somewhere in, in one of the smaller tournaments. And the fact that they stayed committed to the program and now are being told, yeah, thanks for your commitment, but we're not taking a bid anywhere. That's what bothers me. It's not just because in on the grand scheme of things, you can say, well, who cares? It's the CBI or it's the Vegas 8, 16 or whatever. But for a team that, that had kids stay through that probationary period, that's what bothers me, I think, more than anything. I think so too, and uh, we, and, and just as an FYI, we did not get a chance to listen to what Amanda Braun, uh, the athletic director for the UW Milwaukee, uh, and obviously oversees Rob Jeter and the uh, Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball program. We did not get a chance to listen to her talk on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. I will, uh, it, it, I'm obviously, without listening to that, I don't have any real, truer context outside of what she said, saying she didn't see the results. Uh, apparently, according to one of, the, I think it was the JS Online article, but it is a, uh, it is, it's you know disappointing to see with them. Obviously, they probably, even if it was the CBI, could have been NIT. They, it's something that could have been a reward for the players for getting back on there. You, you saw some of the disappointment on, on on the players on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. If I saw some stuff, yeah, there, yeah, you did, yeah. 
and and it, it is disappointing. It's highly disappointing that you know that they obviously fought back uh, and got their APR back, and and they got their you know the ability to be eligible again for postseason play. And uh, like I said, I don't know the full story, and I don't know if we ever will. But it is uh, you wish you could see the Milwaukee Panthers in there, uh, and obviously something to build on for the next season. So it yeah it's. Uh, not, you know, yeah, and obviously you do feel too for Rob Jeter uh, as well. Uh, you and Scott, Scotty and I have a connection with UW Milwaukee in the simple fact that they, but when we before we joined Bucky's fifth quarter, the Milwaukee Panthers were the first program to allow us to be credentialed. And though we only made it to a handful of games, we uh, were very appreciative and, and met a lot of good people through that. And it uh, and so you 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 hope that they rebound well and, and and then it's next year. So I mean it'll just be interesting to see how what goes forward and, and what plays out and and hopefully all is resolved. But yeah, you do feel for the players that don't get a chance to to go to a tournament and have the ability to to gain some postseason experience. It may not be NIT. Obviously, it's not the the round of 68 in the NCAA tournament, but could have been a learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, Amanda Brown has been uh, likened to Rachel Phelps, the fictional uh, owner of the Cleveland Indians in the movie Major League um, around these parts because of, of her almost wanting to torpedo any success the program has had. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be an interesting offseason on campus over here on the east side of Milwaukee. Um, and see what happens with Rob Jeter in specific. But um, so it's the two schools. It's, it's Green Bay. It's Wisconsin. Uh, they've got. They're the two that have to carry the the Wisconsin flag, so to speak. Um, other than that, gentlemen, I, I, that's all I got. I'm ready for the games. I'm ready for the the first four, or whatever they call that thing, on Tuesday, and and some very interesting matchups. Believe it or not, even especially with Michigan and some of our higher big name programs and those. Uh, those first contests, and then, of course, the tournament starts in earnest on St. Patrick's Day, which is an interesting blessing and a curse for bar owners because bar owners do great on on uh, NCAA Tournament Day and St. Patrick's Day, and unfortunately they happen to coincide with each other. So there will be a lot of drunken uh, State Street in, in Madison and Water Street and all the other haunts here in Milwaukee, but uh, uh, it should be an interesting environment for sure if you're getting out to watch games on Thursday. Absolutely, and we and Kurt Hogg had to, uh, Hogue had to get uh, the one time that he's not here. I get his name wrong. Kurt, well, at least he didn't oh, hear it. Yeah, I know, right? So big thanks to Kurt Hogue uh, to get the opportunity. To, you know, we had the opportunity to have him on. He is our B5Q, our Bucky's fifth quarter basketball beat writer, uh, football beat we writer as him, well. We kept him a little longer, but uh, he, he was he was a, a he was a good sport about it, and uh, he, great insight, man. He was. Uh, he was fabulous, and hopefully we'll be able to have him on again to talk about uh, things, maybe even uh, as we head into the Final Four uh, this year. Who knows? We'll see how the schedules play out. But it was it was great of him to join us and, and spend a little bit of extra time with us. It was. It really was. And, uh, yeah, we got, we'll, we'll come back next week. We'll talk hopefully next Sunday, obviously after the Badgers play, see how they did. We'll talk. Uh, if their season comes to an end, uh, what, you know, obviously being, I, I would say a success, it, it would be to get back to tournament after uh, being nine and nine, uh, one and four in the big 10, uh, heading into their, their date against Michigan state back in January. Uh, and so I, I think we'll think of it as a success to, to depend on all the stuff. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the Bo Ryan saga. Oh, I know. And, and, and I know, and, and we, we can't not talk about it, but, I think we can, but that's something we can always table for, you know, next week or another show. I, I just, I, I think, I think there was just so much NCAA stuff uh, and bracket stuff that we delved into that it made sense to table it, but we can't ignore it, and we'll talk about that as well. And and you know, you talk about success. I will, I will be, I will consider this season a smashing success if next Sunday we're talking about games Wisconsin's going to be playing next the Thursday following because that means they're a Sweet 16 team, and whatever happens after that, to me they're playing with house money, considering they lost their two, two of their top three players from last year, uh, and they lost a coach in midseason. And for them to even get to the Sweet 16, like I said, to me that's a smashing success. If they beat Pitt, I'm a happy man too, even if they lose to Xavier. But if we're talking about them next week 
as a team getting ready for more games. Hey, what, could you ask for anything more than that, considering the way things started for them? I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and like, we'll come back next week. We'll talk more Badger hoops. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk Bucks. WrestleMania's coming up soon. Uh, oh, yeah. And you got a lot of stuff going on. Big thanks to Kurt uh, yeah, Kurt. And then, uh, of course, to you, Scott. Yeah, Kurt Hogue. Uh, Scott, and also Hogue. the Polish Hogue, uh, the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski. we got about five seconds left on the live stream. Thank you all. And uh, we'll come back. And, you know, for those of you that are listening all the way through, what we'll do is we'll play the last. Uh, we, uh, we're not going to get through all the press conference, but I'll get you through the second uh, batch, about six minutes, just for you guys that stayed a little extra uh, listening to our podcast, which you guys can subscribe on iTunes, by the way. And on that note, big thanks to Rent College Pads. Make sure you check them out. You guys are looking for anywhere in the Madison area. Also Milwaukee, check out uh, for, for apartments or housing. Rent College Pads is the best way to go. So it's not just UB Madison. They can look into Marquette, too. So, uh, Scotty, from there on out, brother, uh, we'll take it home from here. Here's some more of the press conference from with Greg Gard, Nigel Hayes, Bronson Kinnick, Wisconsin Badgers, number seven seed, taking on number 10 Pitt in the East region, 550 Central Standard Time in St. Louis. We'll talk to you guys next week, hopefully for a Wisconsin Sweet 16 berth in that East region. This is the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, proud part of Bucky's fifth quarter, of course, brought to you by Ren College Pads. We didn't get a chance to talk to you two guys or some of the other guys after the rest meeting. What was your mood initially after that performance, and how has it changed since then? Um, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty disappointed in the way we performed, and not exactly how bad we played. It's just that we got outplayed, and that Nebraska beat us every loose ball, rebounds, and they just played tougher than us, and that's kind of what's been our identity the past couple of months. And for that for us to come out like that against Nebraska, a team we feel like we should we should have beaten, um, yeah, we were just pretty pretty disappointed. <coughs> Along those lines, does that loss to the players give you a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder or do you guys not need a chip on your shoulder? Can you repeat that? Do you guys need a chip? Does that loss give you a chip on your shoulder? Do you need a chip on your shoulder going into this tournament? Um, I don't really think it gives us a chip on our shoulder. Um, I mean, hopefully we can have some positive takeaways um, from that game and learn learn some things. And we just know that we can't ever, you know, let any any team, for that matter, play harder than us. Because we can lose to anyone, we can also beat anyone in the country. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you wouldn't mind answering. I forgot. I'm not. Coach Coach Garrison, he didn't try to overreact from the Nebraska. Well, I was terrified. I thought he was gonna come after me after that loss. Yeah, I was petrified. Well, he was upset. We had to we had to talk to him with like a ten foot pole. The way he was so irate. Um, no, seriously though, it was. Um, you're right. I wasn't right. He was. Um, I think he's done. We past it. He's done a great job. You know, as I always try to say to you guys, never get too high, never get too low. And, you know, when we Beat up like we want to beat Maryland. He didn't think we were untouchable. We never need to practice anymore. And when we lose in Nebraska, he doesn't think we're the worst team ever. And he'd rather coach somewhere else. So he's um, you know, after watching the film, there were many points in the game where if we don't do bone, as he likes to say, boneheaded plays, we take the lead, tie the game, or we go on to win the game. So and that was all attributed to our effort. So we know that that's something that we can, especially you know, it's turning the time. So we can never let a team. Outplay us, outwork us, play harder than us, beat us to any loose ball, any rebound, et cetera, et cetera. And if we go in there with that mindset, I think we'll be fine. Jim? Yeah. Typically, you would kind of dive head first to the, the first round opponent. What changes for you now that uh, you're in a different role? Probably nothing else. They'll dive head first into Pittsburgh. And Coach Close will take Pittsburgh, Coach Paris will take Xavier. Um, and then Coach Moore will take Weaver State, just to how it is aligned. Coach Close has had Pittsburgh in the past, and Lamont had Xavier last year when we had 
they were in the West with us. So uh, I'll obviously have to focus more on us, uh, but I'll I'll definitely do my due diligence with Pittsburgh as well. Did you give these guys off this weekend? Did you encourage them to get off the court, or what? what how did you handle that? We we took we flew back Friday morning. I mean, they took the rest of the day off on Friday. We did not practice on Friday, and then we came in yesterday and watched the film uh, clips that I pulled out from Thursday night's game and went through those. And then we practiced for about an hour yesterday. A lot of shooting, a few defensive things that we reminded each other of. In um, regardless of who we were going to play, we have to take another step forward defensively. Um, but again, I, I just tried to, um, for as odd as as we were Thursday night, there was still multitude, a multitude of opportunities for us, even within the last minute and a half, where we had chances to, to close it even tighter and you know, be within three, two, um, if we complete play. So again, we try to, I try not to make too much of something when it doesn't go well, and I try not to overreact or, um, you know, oversimplify things when they go well, and, and try to find that happy medium. So they understand that. And, you know, when I say something about we got to do this better, got to do that better, we didn't play up to our capabilities, our potential. I'm not the first one they've heard it from. They know it. They all they all are smart enough. They're good enough players. They have enough experience. Specifically, these two guys up here. They know, they know it, uh, and they understand. They have high expectations of themselves. So um, they just took some friendly, friendly reminders, and um, showing it on film, I think helped help in some regards. And now we take a step forward. Do you see any value to um, a light weekend leading into the final push? Is there? Well, you can analyze that a hundred different ways. If you get knocked out of your conference tournament early, everybody says, "Oh, you're going to have rest." If you go play deep in your conference tournament and you don't win it, oh, you're going to have fatigue legs and you have nothing to show for it. If you win your conference tournament, oh, you play for a higher seating. So, you know, I think you can analyze it a hundred different ways. And, you know, if somebody plays deep into the day and they get knocked out early next week, they'll say, well, they were fatigued for playing too deep in the weekend. And, you know, if somebody plays well in the next week and they got knocked out Thursday or Friday in their conference tournament, oh, they were fresh. So, or if they played well, they play well next weekend, and they won through this weekend, and they were had momentum going. So, you know, we just try not to, like I said, make too much of what's happened in the past. Um, understand we got to be very good for 40 minutes on Friday. That's what we'll focus on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.